Hello, this is Sean Dixon, and I'm here with Brian Patterson and John Gonzalez. We are each returned mission presidents for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and this is the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast. We are here to help prepare you to become successful Preach My Gospel missionaries and lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. In each episode, we explore powerful concepts from every chapter in Preach My Gospel. We will talk to return missionaries and others about their experiences and insights. You can even use this podcast to get institute credit. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We are really, really looking forward to this particular episode, which is about a subject that I think many people have questions on. We're going to be talking about safeguards for using technology wisely. And I think this episode goes beyond just missionary service. And really, this is something for all lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ to kind of get their hands around. We are very excited to welcome back to the, the podcast, Jonathan Sandberg. Uh, you may remember him from episodes 11 and 12, where he talked about uh, both mental health preparation prior to the mission and then during the mission. And then he's also here with his wonderful wife, Sharon. So we are very happy to welcome you, Sharon, to, to the podcast today. Thank you. Yeah. Brian, do you want to give a little more background to to these dear friends of yours? I would love to talk about them for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure you two would love. <laughs> uh, Jonathan and Sharon have just blessed our family, uh, blessed me personally. They've blessed our children. Uh, what a what a blessing it's been. We we got to serve together in a in a young single adult stake presidency. Now many years ago, That's we right. can say that, and and uh, uh, they became great mentors for Julie and I, and just blessed our family on how to approach life and how to approach challenges in life. Uh, they ha- had the joy of serving as mission leaders in the California Bakersfield mission. Anything you want to say about your time and service there? Oh, it was amazing. We miss it, but we're grateful to be home. The temple uh, site was announced yesterday. Yeah. So that's a big win. We're very excited. <laughs> you must have done some good work there. <laughs> well, no, it was the numbers. They're amazing there. I think to add to that introduction, uh, if you remember from last time, Jonathan, by profession, is a professor of marriage and family therapy at BYU. He's also a, a counselor. In addition to the credentials that they both have as parents and and mission leaders and and disciples of Jesus Christ. So I think putting all those things together, we feel like they were an ideal couple to talk about the subject. And after we record this uh, episode, Jonathan, I'd like to go into your office, sit down, and <laughs> just, John just has, visit. Yeah, John has some issues. that We, <laughs> we all have issues. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'll start this first question for you two with just a little story of something that yep. happened to me. Years ago, I had these three prized peach trees in my backyard. And every summer, I just couldn't wait. I'd go out there and they just... They just were these big, delicious, beautiful peaches, and we just our family just loved these these trees. And unfortunately, they got a bore in them, Whoa. and from one to the next, it was like losing a child <laughs> as these as these trees died off. Eventually, I had the task of of cutting them down and, and getting rid of them. And I was not a person that was raised with a lot of tools. My dad was not a handyman. I think we had a Phillips screwdriver, a flathead, <laughs> a hammer, and then a phone to call somebody to come fix things. <laughs> so I've been accumulating tools since then, but in those early days, didn't have many tools. So I, I go into my garage and the best thing that I had was a kind of a rusty handsaw. So I went and I, I got these trees and I'm in my backyard just 
just gnawing away uh, yeah. at these trees, taking forever. And behind me, I hear this, just this roar, this sound. And I turn around and there's my neighbor. He's got his, his glasses on and he's got this big chainsaw. And then he turned it off and he's like, Sean, you need a new tool. And he handed me that chainsaw and it was, it was like cutting butter. I, w- I chopped up those trees down into little pieces in literally, I would say, minutes. And then I'm just looking around the yard for what else I can <laughs> do. I think my wife's like, put the children inside, right? I'm just going around hacking, hacking things down. And it dawned on me right after that how, a, how that experience reminds me so much of technology today phones, how they're like a chainsaw, like the things we can do with them, the speed with which we can work, the amazing things we can do. And on the other hand, wielding around a a chainsaw can be also very difficult. And so before I started, my my neighbor, he kind of walked me through, hey, here's some things that you have to be mindful of. Don't get carried away with that thing because it can can create some danger. To this day, I will avoid chainsaws because I am frightened of them. Uh I don't know how to use it. I'm fearful that I'll cut something off. (laughs) And so I avoid it. And as a result, I I go through a lot of hassles of doing it this slow (laughs) way, and I'm not able to benefit from its use. I have to call someone else to do it, but I'm, I'm fearful of it because I haven't taken the time to really understand its use and how to use it properly. So, so why is it a, a lifelong challenge for all of us to use technology? When I say all of us, I, I literally mean all of us, not just, not just a teenager, but, but us adults. Why is this learning how to use the chainsaw or learning how to use technology such a, such a challenge for us today? Well, we were talking a little bit earlier this morning about tools and every tool that God has given us Satan quickly finds ways for us to use to hurt us. One of the things in the introduction to the safeguards that talks about here, President Nelson is talking about hastening the work and technology is such an amazing tool that we can use to hasten the work. But then Satan sees that and he is right there behind him. So he's hastening his evil schemes to get us. So technology is an amazing tool if we can learn how to use it right. We'll talk about this later, but there's really two problems. The one we think about most is that someone's going to get into material they shouldn't, pornography. And that's a small problem compared to wasting time. Mm, that's that's the most significant problem on the mission. And so for me, uh, it, we could just go on the table. So for me, when I'm wasting time on my phone, it's the ESPN app. <laughs> And even though, no offense, Brian, it's baseball season, there's nothing else going on. <laughs> I, can look, I, can look, I can look six times a day, and there's nothing on there. But when I'm bored, what do I do? Right, I open the app. So time wasting is something we're all guilty of, even if we've never looked at pornography. The second thing is, on a mission, you're trying really hard to stay focused on your purpose. And it can just bring you back home. Inappropriate use of your phone your little brother's football game tonight. Your parents just went on a really cool vacation. Your aunt's cat is did a backflip, <laughs> right? But you're getting a ping every time. And so you're never quite there. And we saw that more in the MTC than in the field. We just served a year in the MTC. And, oh, it was so hard for the missionaries to not just be on their phones constantly. That's a huge adjustment. We, when we were on the mission, we didn't have that buffer time, but going to the MTC, I realized what an adjustment it was for 
these young men and young women to all of a sudden, you know, the day before they're texting 100 people and all yeah. of a sudden they can't. Well, even in my advanced years, I'll sit in an elders quorum lesson and I've got my device for the scriptures in front of me. But if the lesson veers, maybe I'm not that yeah. focused yep. or I'm not, yep. I'm, I'm not engaged, which I should be, yeah. regardless of who's leading the discussion, I find myself flipping through That's emails, right. Right. going through things, and it's a distraction. And I'm at fault because I should be involved in this discussion to my benefit, regardless yeah. of the individual leading. It becomes like discussion. muscle memory, right? Yeah, Where it you, it's just right. like a, it's just a natural reaction. You almost see people, they just moving their hand up and even probably in the MTC yeah. without a phone, yep. a, this, this nervous reaction so to have to know what's going on in the world. Two great examples from general conference president Owen, the last young men's general president told a story. He woke up, to, he woke up, he sat down in his chair to read the scriptures he got a, a message. I, I don't know if it was church-related or not, but 90 minutes later, he realized he hadn't read the scriptures at all, and he had been through all this stuff. Uh, I think it was Sister Craven. I'll have to look it up. And General Conference was in line at the grocery store, and a prompting she had received was, quit looking at your phone when you're in line. And it was an older man who really needed some help that she met. So it's all the good we could be doing, that's called an opportunity cost, that we don't do because we're on our phones. And it's just more important on the mission because you have such a short period of time. But it matters in every aspect of life. It's not, I mean, this isn't a, hey, you kids get your act together with phones. <laughs> this is a problem we all have. I, ha I have a callus right here on my side where I get an elbow from my wife every time <laughs> we're sitting next to each other. And for some reason, I'll go to pull a phone out and Boom. It goes right <laughs> back right. into my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> we had a four-day uh, reunion with our family this last weekend, and we were up in the mountain, and so there was no cell coverage. And I watched my 17-year-old. His phone didn't work. And I just watched him engage with his cousins, yeah. and, and, and he was just happy, and he was he was building these relationships. And as we drove down the, down the mountain together, I said, how was the reunion? He goes, that was awesome. Those were some of the four best days of my life. And I said, well, how come he goes, I, I didn't, I wasn't on my phone. That's right. I was That's involved right. with people and he found the joy of that, but he came to that conclusion on his own. And I think that Beautiful. was even more powerful. What resources does the church have for this? I have talked with a bunch of the youth who have gone to FSY this summer and the church has just introduced a new youth program. It's called Taking Charge of Technology. And it is amazing. I mean, I could talk this whole podcast about that. But they tell them that they need to have a plan, a purpose, and then they need to pause. And I've talked to a couple of them and how excited they are. And it has changed how they've, they look at their technology. So that's one of the wonderful new things that the church has. And obviously, for the strength of the youth is another one that they can read in there. For, And I'm excited, actually. I was telling Jonathan, I'm excited to see missionaries three to four years from now who have had this plan in, per yeah. in place and to see, you know, that they're even one step ahead because they've had it. I remember when we got called, and I'm reading through this, and I'm like, <laughs> Where has this been hidden? Why didn't I have this for my yeah. children? You know, I mean, it is an, an, such an amazing, amazing tool. Jonathan, can you walk through how to find yeah. that if someone yeah. doesn't know how? Yeah, so you just go to your Gospel Library app, which I know is, uh, if you use uh, your weekly report, is probably what most young people yeah. are using more than anything right. else, right? right? 
So Gospel Library, <laughs> that that was a joke. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you go on under, there's a couple places, but the easiest place to do it is Handbooks and Callings. And then there's just a whole section called Mission Callings. So on the Mission Callings, you'll see Preach My Gospel, the updated version, then the previous version, the standards for missionaries, broadcast, but there's two documents that are really, really important. They're adjusting the missionary life and safeguards for using technology. Adjusting for missionary life is a mental health guide. Safeguards for using technology is how to prepare for your phone use on your mission and how to make sure you're following the standards on your mission. Then there's also a separate one for the mission leaders. They have a separate book that's really helpful to them as well. The new Preach My Gospel, I've had a chance to be able to read through, and the second chapter has actually changed and added snippets of safeguards into it. And I love what they call it. It's called Search the Scriptures. So it's chapter two in the new Preach My Gospel. Search the Scriptures and put on the armor of God. It says that it's using technology righteously, following the safeguards for using technology. So it's in the new Preach My Gospel. And there are some tweaks. So I'm assuming that they're going to have a new safeguards coming up, a new edited version probably soon. You probably talked about five resources right there that, that missionaries have to get ready. And we invite you all. Take advantage of these resources. Don't let this just be a passing comment today. If you do anything, go and immerse yourself in those resources and you will have some of the best tools that you could ever need to, to prepare. And I'm assuming there's some teachers of stake and ward mission prep classes listen to the podcast yeah, yeah. as well. I'd really recommend that you make safeguards for using technology and adjusting missionary life a regular part of your curriculum. Yes. And have them get into them. But to be honest, young men's and young women's leaders could and should be doing the same thing. Now, it would be very appropriate to use the Using Technology Wisely section that's for youth on the Gospel Library app as well. But all of this isn't, this isn't sh- to be introduced the week before your mission. It would benefit 12-year-olds. Yeah. The other day, I was looking up for something for a family vacation uh, online, very fine site. And for the next three days, what did I get on every source, including a text? I mean, I'm always being watched. That place sent me messages through my email account through every pop-up on my internet, and I think I actually got a text. (laughs) So they're always watching what I'm doing. Now, it's harmless because they're just trying to say, come stay at our place because it's a good place to stay. But there's always people watching you on a mission, and there's people that are, I'll tell you a true story for our mission, that are being paid to send out material to missionaries that are inappropriate. Um, There's a letter that was sent out by the mission department three times in one year on our mission. And basically it says there are people trying to get missionaries to open and participate in sexually explicit material so they can extort them. This is three times in one year we got the same letter. We just had to keep reading it. So this is what happens. Let's say Sister Samberg and I are companions. I open my phone. I go to Facebook because I'm trying to find a friend that we're teaching. And it says a message from someone you may know. I click on it. It's some kind of pornographic material, explicit Then I get a text saying, I saw that you opened this, or I saw that you responded to this, and I'm going to tell your mission president and your parents if you don't pay me money. Um, This happens in the MTC. We had missionaries go home from the MTC. This happens in the mission field. And so I got the phone number for one of these places, and I called them, and I wanted to find out who they were and who was doing it, and I wanted to see if we could prosecute. And he said, I'm just an 18-year-old kid. My uncle's making me do this as part of his business. Please don't do anything to me. Wow. So just like there's telemarketers trying to get you to buy this product, they're making money off missionaries. This happens all the time. And there's ways you can avoid that. They're called the safeguards (laughs) for using technology, right? 
So we had a culture in our mission that when those things happen, you turn your phone over, you get your companion, say there's something on my phone that I don't know what it is. You have to get creative about finding the X. You put a piece of paper over your phone so you can X out. Then you immediately send that phone number, that information, that name to everyone in the mission so we protect each other. But this isn't pretend. This isn't 14-year-old teacher's quorum, somebody took my phone. This is real stuff. And then the last time I was involved in one, the local police had to get involved, church legal had to get involved, because these people are doing things that are illegal, and the victims of the missionaries. How do they find them? They go through Facebook and find anyone that says elder or sister. Anyone. So these are important. This isn't pretend. This is real. It happens every day. And it happens after your mission, just not as sexually explicit. There are always people trying to get you to view their material and buy their product. Always. So maybe the quote from President Nelson is appropriate here. This is what we need to understand. Do you want to share this one from President Nelson? Yeah. You just said, our youth need to learn to be masters of technology and not become slaves to it. So they need to acquire sufficient safeguards to keep them from the evil. If we can immunize our youth by engraving the doctrine in their hearts, we can raise a strain of sin-resistant souls. Beautiful. Wonderful comment. I remember uh, Elder Nielsen of the Presidency of the Seventy, he spoke about how in previous generations they talked a lot about the word of wisdom, and, and, and that was being pounded, right, from the pulpit, the word of wisdom, word of wisdom, especially post-World War II for the, for the rising generation. The hope was that that would get through the parents to the next generation to the degree that the word of wisdom really wouldn't be that big of a temptation. I know in my childhood, I, I really didn't feel it was taught so much by my parents that I felt like I became pretty sin resistant to the word of wisdom. And the idea that we can do this with pornography, that, that 10 years from now, we could raise a generation of young people that pornography does it's there and it's there in your face but it doesn't seem to be as big a draw as maybe it was and i think as we educate people as people learn the dangers of it and come to understand these safeguards and we live them instinctively we we can become very much as as, as prophesied we can become a sin resistant people to pornography what a blessing that would be and it's two, it's two things so let's avoid the ways we can be hurt we're going to focus on that once Let's focus on the ways that we can actually do the work of the Lord in ways we never have before. So in our mission in California, we got in behind gated communities with technology that we never would have gone into. During COVID, sadly, the number of in-person baptisms, particularly in the Latino community, went down because it turns out you do need an abrazo and a carne asada. You do need a hug and you do need a good barbecue. But we got into communities and got people to attend church in our more affluent white areas that we never got into before. And there's a really great video the church put out that says, interviews a bunch of people got baptized through social media, and they said, I don't buy a car, I don't do anything without shopping online with having, without having to deal with someone first. So why would I find a church without doing the same thing? So they, they did a lot of work on social media, met with missionaries, chatted with them, long before they were willing to meet in person. This is how people operate today. So we find people through social media. So yes, avoid the negative. But bottom line is there's a lot of really good missionary work, mission purpose fulfilled through safeguards, through technology, but only if we know how to use the tool. Otherwise, you're sawing through your peach trees with a rusty old saw. You might as well use a toothbrush, <laughs> right? It's not going to work. <laughs> so I think it's important to, there's a positive that is far more important than the negative, but the negative is real. And we can't pretend. I think we have to kind of address that. I, th I can hear 
parents and I have heard parents say, why do we let missionaries have phones? Like if, if there's these dangers you described of someone trying to target a missionary, is that worth the risk? And I, th- I think you've just, you've partially answered that. Is there anything more you would want to say about how phones help missionaries fulfill their purpose? When I was serving as a mission leader, 2008 to 2011, this was pre-phone, pre-smart technology. And I remember as it started becoming commonplace, missionaries saying, President, when will we get these? And they were seeing in their minds uh, the possibility. And it just reflects on my prophetic capabilities. I said, not in your lifetime. (laughs) And then when I got to the missionary department, the Quorum of Twelve Apostles in the First Presidency directing the missionary department to go in this direction, there was a lot of pushback. There were people saying, no, this is wrong. We shouldn't do it. And it was President Nelson, I believe. He was the one that was driving this. And to me, it's a prophetic insight that all of us failed to see where he was seeing the leverage that technology can can make. Prophets can see around corners, right? Then we can't. So Sister Dew has a BYU devotional that outlines that whole process, but it started with President Nelson in 2014 as the director of the missionary department. Let me just say one thing about that. When we went into COVID, a lot of people in the mission department said, this is a divine reset because we don't seem to be willing to move forward. So they had a video they actually sent out, and it said missionary work before and missionary work after. And the missionary work before showed missionaries doing missionary work in Munich, Germany in 1970, tracting it just showed what they did, which was great work. And then it showed what we're supposed to be doing. And I turned to Sharon after watching the video. I'm like, we're Munich 1970. Everything we're doing is out of that video. And there's no way I personally would have went to technology unless I had to. I think there were a lot of people like me. Because my older brother didn't do it that way. My sister didn't. My mom didn't. But the bottom line is people do not let strangers into their house today. That's not how, that's not how it works. They have doorbell cams. So they look at you, and they say, no, they just don't answer the door. That's not how it works today. Initial contact, except in many parts of the third, third world countries, right? You still street contact, and that's, there's still street markets. That's a different culture. But in the, in the Western world, first world countries, you have to have contact somewhere else. And then they'll let you into their lives. So we have to have both. We have to have traditional and we have to have new ways of doing missionary work. And if you serve anywhere in the United States, you have to know how to do both all the time, right? And all the big cities of South America, it's the same way now, right? It's just, so, but I think recognizing that old people like us who are resistant to using our technology in general will have a harder sell that it's good for missionary work, except for the oldest person I know who's 99, President Nelson, who seems to <laughs> really be into seems it. To be fine. Well, and, and missionaries being distracted by things is not new. You know, our missionaries, when, when we first served, had flip phones, and then we went to smartphones. We had distracted missionaries with flip phones, uh, board games in apartments, uh, missionaries getting together. Uh, missionaries being distracted is just a common reality that missionaries face, whether they have phones or <laughs> smartphones or not, right? I remember two of our missionaries, uh, it, it, you know, it used to be that when a family left on vacation for two, three weeks, you couldn't teach them. It was hard. Uh, or if a family got sick, you, you couldn't go over and teach them. Uh, with technology now, 
you can reach those individuals. Two of our missionaries had a, a family they were teaching that left to go to Las Vegas for kind of a last minute weekend trip. And, and so the missionaries uh, sent them a text and it said, don't miss the brightest lights in Las Vegas. Check out the temple. And they sent a picture of the Las Vegas temple. (laughs) Well, while the family's there, they decide to drive out and go visit the temple. And they sent the missionaries back a picture of the Las Vegas temple. And so it just increases opportunities to engage with people where, like you said, we couldn't before behind the gated community or when they go on vacation or whatever it may be. Well, and even in the mission, I mean, as for mission leaders, it was an amazing tool during COVID. We're like, why in the world were we not using Zoom? I mean, we got to Zoom our entire mission. And during the heat of COVID, three times a week, we could see them all on the screen. And then missionaries could have members join them for a lesson, even though during COVID, they couldn't all get together. But they had them on a Zoom call with the with their friends that they were teaching. I mean, it was it's just it's been an amazing adjustment. So think how many parents of young children want to join missionaries on lessons, but that's completely impossible. Then you join on Zoom. Nobody cares if you hit pause for a second and go help your child get some food and come back. And then you have this young mom bearing testimony to another young mom about gospel is the center of my life, right? That has changed completely. And and President Nelson said, you think this is all revealed? We believe in the ninth article of faith. Just just eat your vitamins, right? And get ready, there's more coming. Because I think <laughs> the day will come where there'll be a Marco Polo type situation. Now, maybe the church will have to create its own, own app, but I can teach part of a lesson. Then you can respond nine hours later during your night shift lunch, and you listen and you ask me a question. Then I wake up in the morning, and I share two scriptures with you. So you have this ongoing lesson across time over many, many weeks that actually fits into people's schedule. I mean, we're just warming up on the phones. Yeah, that increased daily contact can just keep that flame of faith burning. Yeah. You know, part of the challenge of missionary work is you just, you're not with people enough or you're not interacting enough. Uh, we're so wired to meet once a week because our sitcom is once a week. <laughs> and, and using technology, we can have meaningful daily touches with people, as you said, to keep that conversation going. And that just it just keeps right. the flame of faith growing within them. It, it never goes dormant or it never dies out because we're just not with them. And I think especially reading the Book of Mormon, most people are used to, to holding a, getting all of their reading from something they hold in their hand, these little short news bites and so forth. And so reading an ancient text it's hard. Is, is complicated, you know, and they, they when you don't grow up with it, it takes a minute to understand. And so using messenger video to read the Book of Mormon with someone 10 minutes at night or to have a member jump in and read with them just gives you that daily contact or much more frequent contact. And I think we, we see the, the ability to understand the Book of Mormon increase dramatically. So it's not just a finding tool. Yeah. Obviously, it becomes a great teaching tool. And I think most parents at home would agree that the ability to communicate with their children and grandchildren and grandchildren and actually talk to them while they're on their mission over video is, is something that's been extremely helpful to the mental health of missionaries. And, and I want you to think about this. So the new Preach My Gospel is very clear on this. You should transition from missionary to friend to everyone you're teaching. Yeah. How easy is that now? Yeah. You're going home from your mission, and I know your daughter joined lessons back in Thailand as a friend. So in between missionary lessons, now you're reading the scriptures with them, and you can do that with anybody anywhere in the world. So this kind of start and stop, truncated relationships, I'm transferred, I never see you again. Those, those days are over. These are real friends in our lives. 
So I want to do this. You have convinced me, and I want to buy the chainsaw, and I want to learn how to use it. But what do I do now? How do I use it appropriately? Now I'm a little frustrated. Help me. I think, Jonathan, this leads right to the, uh, the answer to that question, right, is the, this booklet that the church has provided as well as the extension of it in Preach My Gospel, second edition, chapter two, the safeguards for using technology. So let's break now and come back in our next episode and talk about the details of what are the safeguards, how can we use them to help us to be successful in using our technology. Does that sound okay? That sounds awesome. Okay, great. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast and that it helps you in your study of Preach My Gospel and preparing you for your mission. Please join us for our next episode. And if you feel this podcast might be helpful to others preparing to serve a mission, please invite them to join us on our journey through and discovery of Preach My Gospel. For more information on how to get Institute credit for this podcast and other offerings by the Utah Valley Institute of Religion, please visit utahvalleyinstitute.com. You may also find us on Instagram at Preach My Gospel Podcast. Feel free to send questions or comments to preachmygospelpodcast at gmail.com. The Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast is produced with the permission of the Utah Valley Institute of Religion. The hosts are expressing their personal views based on their own experiences, applying the principles of Preach My Gospel, and accept full responsibility for the content in these podcast episodes.